It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Alejandro just said to me before this episode, if he would let me fuck my future wife, if my dick was somehow blown <laughs> off and I was dickless and, and I, I could not have I, offspring. And, and I'm offering you as your best friend. Offering. As your best friend. What? I will be your sperm donor. Yeah, you could maybe spit in a tube. That's not that's not how babies are made. Yeah. Babies are made through love. Oh, so okay, make the, love and, into a tube. And through the will of God. And then I'll take that tube. I can't love a tube, Christian. I can't love Pretend, a tube. No, but you I can't. You love you love your hand every single night though. It's not love. Oh, that's you, just a transaction. You're loving your sock every single night. Also a transaction. No. Oh, I give that sock a place to live. You ever <laughs> You are disgusting. You give that sock a place to live in this world by yeah. making it crusty. I, it lives in between my bed and the wall, and it stays there until I need it. Do you have two different hampers? Hampers for dirty clothes and another hamper for just dirty <laughs> socks? We're not keeping this. We're keeping it. No. We're keeping it. You no, wanted to start off guys. with this. <laughs> At least you're organized. <laughs> Welcome, 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 everybody. Baddies, welcome to another episode of ICBTB. Oh, is that what this is? I thought this was ruin Alex's future of ever getting a girlfriend. <laughs> I think that's your everyday life, man. I think that's your everyday life. It's just your goal in life is to ruin me having offsprings. Don't. But you know what? what? But you know what? What? If you couldn't have offsprings, I would let you have mine. I don't want my babies to look like you, man. That's fucked up, dude. No, I mean, no, that, I just don't. Objectively, that's 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 the most fucked up reason to not have me be your friend. No. That dude, is the shallowest. No, 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 no. Listen. That is the shallowest. That is, uh, that, is that is the most insensitive. No. That is the rudest thing you could choose to do. As somebody is so nice to you, for your instant response to be like, I don't want my kids to look like you. That's by far the meanest <laughs> thing you could possibly say. No. And if you Hear don't see if you don't see how that's the rudest thing you could possibly say. Hear me out. You're Hear me out. This is what what it is. You are my best friend, and it's just gonna be weird to see my kids that are technically my kids and see my best friend in them. I th I think that sounds kind of nice, actually. Exactly. And sounds, also, and but here's it's the thing. gonna be like here's, I know they're your here, kids. Here's the thing. No, they're not. Because I'm not raising them. But biologically is what I'm saying. What does that mean, though? I'm, it doesn't mean. It's just like in my subconscious, it'll be like. So nature over nurture, or what? It's uh. It's just going to be that they look like you, and I'll be thinking of you Every when I want- Every time you look at these kids. Is that such a bad Dude, thing? Dude, I'm down to adopt. If I were to not have uh, be able to, I'm down to adopt. I, I am a little hurt that you don't want- You know how many- Dude, are you fishing for a compliment? We know that you, you're good looking. That's not what I, I, when I, I growing it up. It means nothing coming from me. I've you. always had to like be, uh, you know, we would go to parties, and I'd have to work on my personality so hard because hanging out with you and Austin, both gentlemen above six feet, and here's this like kind of fat thumb looking so Filipino you, guy. You don't want your kids to be over six feet. No, they'll be. That's you don't want great. your kids to be have the best genes. How about we talk about this when I don't want to say when my dick blows off because <laughs> that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we talk about when <laughs> That's the quote of the century. Why don't we talk about this when my dick blows off? Oh I'm, my I'm, god. We should add that to We should blow off my dick. <laughs> ah, look, I don't want to talk about this right now. Why don't we talk about this when my dick blows off? <laughs> Holy That's shit. That's a great dude. way to end any 
awkward conversation <laughs> that you don't want to be in. Hey, I really want to finish this conversation, but why don't we talk about this? <laughs> when my when dick, my blows, dick blows. blows. That should be a new saying. That's the better. That's better than when pigs fly. <laughs> that will never happen. Not even when my dick blows off. And then, and then there's a gas explosion. <laughs> and then my dick blows off. And the lighter in your pants pocket. Oh, oh fuck. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome again. We're going to welcome you again because that was fucking bonkers. Because now you're finally here. Yes. You got five minutes of us hearty stomach laughing. Yes. Uh, and Christian making his blood oath to me that he will have a child of mine. I'm not making any sort of blood oath to you. I'm saying if any, it comes wait, down to it. You're not going to make any kind of blood oath to me? Nah, dude. Not even a blood oath that we could potentially make to a genie slash Satan to get us millions of dollars to be famous comedians. No, no. You wouldn't want that. No. You wouldn't want that. I do not want that. Well, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> you would need my blood too, right? I got it. <laughs> what? I, blood I believe it. <laughs> you just sneak into my room with a butter knife. <laughs> And a straw. straw. <laughs> Are you a mosquito? <laughs> Pink. The butter knife is to close the wound. <laughs> With butter? <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> and I wake up, I'm like, why the fuck is my arm slathered in butter? Well, this is like Christian again. <laughs> and you're like, I guess, I guess so. I don't even remember eating all that popcorn. I guess I've been sleepwalking and eating again this is my favorite opening to an episode we've ever had i hope Whatever. we keep every second of this <laughs> every thing. second will be kept none of this has to do with the podcast that we're going to do in the next two minutes but i want to go one more round of trying to convince you to have my babies one more round here's the thing okay okay melissa great gal beautiful skin nice <laughs> dance moves me tall skinny american these are the things that you want in both of your children. Mm-hmm. What? Not what? What? You just <laughs> list off your traits again? I honestly don't know if I could. <laughs> okay, let's let's try to imagine this hypothetical baby. Me and Melissa's baby. Okay, let's. What's the name? Uh, yeah, this is weird. It's already weird, but we already committed to going right, in this let's direction. Do it. You and name? Melissa have a baby. I don't get to name it. it no, I stop. get to name. Hang it. on a second. It's not me and Melissa having a baby. It's you and Melissa having a baby. With your sperm. You're just buying ingredients from a different store. Yeah. If that store were when to I, just when I was a break cook, into her when vagina. I was a cook and I, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a cook and we would run out of onions, we just ran across the street to the next restaurant and said, hey, can we borrow a couple of onions to get us through the night? Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. Borrowing a couple weird onions. Weird analogy, bro. dude. It's you're not onions. This, is, this is life. This is life. You're borrowing one cell for me think about how many cells a day that i expel from my body in three months i change all of my skin you know what i mean you know what i'm afraid of is if i were to agree to this and i'm like all right alejandro you could go ahead and do it if melissa were to agree obviously <laughs> we have to take Fair. her and that's a thoughts whole into consideration. hill that i have to and i yeah. will conquer that hill you too. will not you will fall down that hill and roll down <laughs> if i were to agree and you guys go into a bedroom it better be like one minute. You you just gotta like get it done, and that's it. But if you're in there for an hour, here's why I think there's a glimmer of hope. Okay. What? Seven minutes ago, it was a hard no, 
And now you've already succumbed to if it happens. I'm not. Uh, no, no, no. So I'm already gaining ground. We will shelf this conversation for another episode. This will come back. Guys, we have a movie to talk about that has way other overtly sexual overtones to talk about. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite movies. I've seen it a bunch of times a few years ago. Yeah, and, and actually I watched it fairly recently. It was it was on like HBO or something not too long ago. Yeah, probably. Um, but the movie is called the, the Girl, Girl Next, Next Door. Door. Uh, it is not The Girl Next Door from 2007. It is The Girl Next Door from 2004. This is a rom-com. It's not a horror movie. I watched half of a horror film that I paid 99 cents for before I texted <laughs> Christian you... and asked, is this the funny one we're supposed to be watching or the scary one? And he I sent you a screenshot. Funny. funny. It, I sent you a screenshot of Christian, the poster. But we text so much. I cannot go back and look at old messages. It's so do you, easy. Do you? Do you go back and look at old messages to find information, or do you just text me and ask the question again? The answer is, you just text me and ask the question again. You know that's the truth. Sometimes. Unless I know you're asleep after 8 p.m., because you sleep really early but sometimes. But I do wake up sometimes in response. Sometimes. It's good. You're just going to get one response, There's though. a search bar at the top of the text screen where you could search keywords in convos. That's true. I have used that. And if I need to find a picture or a screenshot, I could yeah. just go to the info uh, button on our conversation, and you could find all of the photos right there. So, you could have done that instead of spending one whole dollar to watch a horror movie, and you're not a fan of horror, dude. I'm not. <laughs> and that movie is based on a real murder. Holy shit. <laughs> I started doing studying about this movie. Guys, watch the other one. <laughs> Guys, or watch this one, then listen to this episode. <laughs> we watched The Girl Next Door, which was released in 2004. Yep. The Motion Pictures Association of America rated this film R. Mm -hmm. It has a runtime of one hour, 50 minutes, or for Melissa, 110 minutes. It has a rating of 6.10. I'm sorry. That would be 7. But it is 6.7 <laughs> out of 10. 6.10. I just realized what <laughs> <laughs> Six point you do seven. math, dude? I've never math. heard that I in my life. 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. We're going to cut that out so people don't think I'm stupid. 56% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes and a 47 percentage on Metacritic. Christian Balzard Large. That's me. Christian Baltazar. That's also me. Who are you? Whatever you want me to be, baby. I want you to be the no, stop. No, we're not going back to this conversation. And you are not going to win this battle by whispering it into the I'm mic. I'm trying to inception it to you. No, it's not going to work, man. Christian. Hi. You know what will work? What? You. I need you to work right now and guess what percentage of Google users approved of this film. Okay, let me do some work in my brain. 85%. You should have done some more work. That's incorrect. What is it? 92%. Wow, a lot of people like this movie, dude. This movie had 1% more than the movie we just did an episode on. I don't mm -hmm. know how they'll be released, so it doesn't. I don't want to say the episode number. But it does have a lot of fencing in it, and I can't wait to talk about that. You were the most excited about the fencing rather than everything else in this movie. No, dude. Here's why, I, here's why I'm torn about this film. What? And I told you this when I walked in this uh, to the building today. Uh, we Our studio's in a different building now, guys. It's just in a nice building. Yeah, uh, we've changed cities uh, due to this whole quarantine. We went to a very remote place known as... Cincinnati. That's right. Um, Cleveland! My name is LeBron James. <laughs> and my name is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's not from Cleveland. Yeah, but he could have moved there, dude. I thought we were doing a basketball bit. <laughs> 
I met Kareem. I don't. We don't have to go into it, but I do like saying that every time his name comes up. Um, this movie sometimes gets really deep, and like to the point where they take things very seriously, and the underlying tones of music make it very intense and made me very uncomfortable. And really? uh, some of the things in this film, because then the next scene would be Chris Marquette being super silly and over the top. It made me uncomfortable. What? No, I don't see how it made you uncomfortable. I think when it had those serious undertones to it, it's because they were tackling serious subjects. But then why make it such... It's Number one, it's a silly premise. And then why make it a comedy? Speaking of the premise, let's tackle the synapses. Uh, Christian. What? Would you like to read the synapses? I would love to read the synapses because I love this movie. All right, the synapses coming right at you. Right at you. 18-year-old Matthew Kidman, played by Emile Hirsch, is a straight-arrow overachiever who has never really lived life, dot, 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 until he falls for his new neighbor, the beautiful and seemingly innocent Danielle, played by Alicia Cuthbert. When Matthew discovers this perfect girl next door is a one-time porn star, his sheltered existence begins to spin out of control. Ultimately, Danielle helps Matthew emerge from his shell and discover that sometimes you have to risk everything for the person you love. How do you not like that premise? Before we get into that, yeah, I want to say. Say it. I don't want you to read the synopsis anymore because you do it better than me. <laughs> I don't usually say the names of the actors, but you do, and it makes a lot more sense. It actually sounds better. Uh, in fact, I make it more difficult for myself by skipping over the names of the <laughs> actors. And you make, um, yeah. So maybe I'm just a little sensitive. Don't maybe. don't be sensitive. You could never hand me your laptop again. You could read it every single time from here on out. Next time I'll mess it up on purpose. Maybe you should just read it. Maybe next time I'll read it in Talgalagin. You're pandering to me again. <laughs> and you know I hate when you do that. You hate it. You hate it. Fine, fine. Fuck me. No, don't don't give me that look. Okay. Um, this movie had a budget of twenty two twenty one million dollars. Say that number again? <laughs> twenty. Twenty two twenty one like 20, is that like an estimation? Between twenty and twenty one million dollars. Oh, oh twenty <laughs> to twenty one million. Cause you said 22 $21 million. <laughs> that sounds fine to me. Sounds so confusing. There 20, are three different iterations of 22, that. $22, $21 million. That was giving me a headache. My head hurt. Baddies, if you understood what I was saying, comment below. Christian, <laughs> <laughs> how much did it make off of those 22 $21 million. $50 million. No, uh, it made $30 million. Okay. So some money. And I, I'm glad it made a profit because this movie deserves it. Uh, I, I think that it was led pretty well. I want to say that Emil Hirsch is one of my favorite protagonists. I think he plays a very good underdog, very innocent uh, young dude. I think Emil Hirsch does a great job in a lot of the films that he does. Yeah. Um, he is an underrated actor who I think turns up in things that you don't really expect him to be in. He was in Lone Survivor and mm -hmm. plays a great role in that film. He was also, uh, he did like a Bonnie and Clyde teleseries on. Oh, did he? Uh, which was all right. But I think any movie or TV show that paints Bonnie and Clyde as competent bank robbers doesn't know how to do any fact checking. But that's. So it's not his fault. Here nor there. Christian, this is one of your favorite movies. Yes, I fucking love this film. Does this movie resonate with you because it's close to your high school experience? Or does it resonate with you because it's close to your uh, struggle with 
women? I don't know. Why do you like this film? <laughs> I so think much? not even. Did you have a hot girl next door? I believe you. No. Live next door to George Wu. <laughs> George Wu. Shout out George Wu. Uh, hot Chinese man. As uh, from <laughs> what I've heard from other people. That's what you've told me. Um. Yeah. No. I. You know. With me, I really like the whole underdog story. Yeah. And I like underdog stories that take place in high schools. I. I think that's a good environment. But in high school, usually it's filled with so much judgment and pressure to be someone that you're expected to be, to sure. be someone that you're not. So in this movie, um, I think they did a great job of... It almost gets muddied for me. I, I'm going to say this right out. I'm sorry, guys. Say it. It can be that bad. This movie what? is pretty bad. No, get out of here. We've watched worse films than this. I, I, I loved every second of this movie. There's something about this film that literally makes me uncomfortable. Like the lead up of him trying to get this porn star to be his girlfriend could have been the film. And I think that would have been funny. I think that would have been a comedy where him and Chris Marquette and Paul Dano are trying to convince this porn star next door to be his girlfriend uh, and without her finding out that they know that she's a porn star. That would have been a funny film. That would have been straight comedy, though. But to, but, but to take it that step further and go even deeper with it. Puts it in this muddy waters of not sure if it's a drama or a comedy. And that's mm -hmm. that's why I don't like it. Because the premise is kind of ridiculous. This girl next door who's super hot and falls for me idea. I think it's possible. It does sound a little ridiculous, what? but it's definitely possible. Well, yeah. Uh, the girl next door being the niece of your neighbor. Moving in and falling in love with the boy next door because... First of all, people in our generation in our society don't know their neighbors. So you wouldn't know who that fucking person is. So if this person's niece moved in, you wouldn't even know. What's the name of your neighbors right now? What's the no, name of, no. what's the name of you, these neighbors right here? Do you remember here? in this movie how uh, she doorbelled next door? Uh, to his house, and then he came downstairs, and they're saying, "Oh, this is Mrs. Peterson's niece." There yeah. was that preface. I do, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, and we, show but, her around. But we don't know our neighbors, though. Yeah, but this is in 2004. This is a little dated nowadays. This movie's super dated. It's very That's not dated. the only thing that dates this movie. They say they dropped the f word and not fuck the yeah. other one. Yeah, multiple times for no reason. They didn't even use the fag. No, right. it, it was just it was just a, a derogatory term that they threw around. Not even derogatory. They just threw it out. They just threw it out. Um, I guess it's always derogatory. Anyways, I I don't know, Christian. Yeah, well, give me give me a chance to defend it. I love this movie. You do. I I love parts of this movie. Yeah, and I and I think that's a subjective opinion. Fair. Which is why, like, and on this my is, end, this is why we have a podcast. And obviously, ninety-two percent of Google I users like this for some that. reason. I don't know. I why think it's it so worked. High. I was a little nervous uh, before watching this, saying like, "Okay, it's been a, it's been a couple of years." Sixteen. I, I was probably like a middle schooler when I had seen this. Um, it's yeah. been a lot of years now that I'm watching it with a new lens. My, mm -hmm. my as an adult, as an adult, sure. I might not like it. Loved it. I was laughing so hard at so many... I think that the cast was perfectly casted. I, I laughed at Chris Marquette's and Paul Dano's interaction. Like Chris Marquette was exactly the same character that he was in Just Friends. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds' little brother. Yep. Just being a, like a little shit. Yep. A little and perverted like, little shit. And also like somehow having a lot of power over other people. His Minions! His reaction with the AV Club is hilarious because... To, Christian. What? Who in this movie is me? Who in, you are him. Okay, I knew That's, you were going to say that. You are Chris Marquette. In high school even, I remember because I led the lighting department in the drama. Did you have minions? I had people who I would be able to like, no, get the fuck out. And they would. I had at least two people, younger people. I so you were, were well on your way to becoming a Chris Marquette. For sure. Because he had about 10 minions. But I'll tell you who I wish I was. Who? Guess. Emil? No. No? 
Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant is a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit in this movie. You're a fucking asshole. Timothy Oliphant is, is the a coolest piece person of ever. Shit. Stop. Glad it. we agree. Stop. Oh my Glad god. Glad we agree. Say it again. Christian, piece he is the fucking coolest person ever. Fuck you. Coolest you person shit. ever. You're fucking being a dick. No, Say you're it. being a Timothy dick. Timothy Oliphant is, is a the piece. coolest Let's person. Let's break down Timothy Oliphant real oh quick. My god. He is a producer he in has the a porn cool industry. Pontiac GTO. That's materialistic. He's got a dope leather jacket. Still materialistic. He is a producer of pornographic films in California. This guy has a weird oh. hairstyle. Nope. That was of the time. Mm. I'll tell you who has a weird hairstyle. Emil Hirsch, after he finally has. No, he has cool hair. No, he has like his hair is very much like yours. Mullet. Fuck you. The texture is. The style isn't. He has a Theo Von. He does not have a mullet. mullet. If you're talking about when he comes back into school after his first good night with the girl before he like super up with the mullet. He's got a straight up Theo Von mullet. Yo, Theo Von gets them ladies though. Theo Von has a lot of money and tells funny stories. That's how he gets money. That's personality and also his mullet. He makes it look okay. This guy, Emil Hirsch, after he had his first good night with uh, with, Danielle. Uh, with Danielle, he's walking down the hallways of the Smirking school, striding it's like It's when Chris he, Marquette does the Minions joke. What Minions joke? Because he pulls him into the AV club, and he's like, Minions out, and they don't move. And he's like, yeah. I said Minions out. Yep, that, that happens shortly after. I literally wrote a letter to my light bitches. And <laughs> and posted it and then did gave you just it to call them. them your light bitches? That's what I called them to their faces. Yo, light bitches out. I even remember at the time, one time running backstage and being like, "I need three rich yards to come with me." And like, there was like a group Holy of seven shit. techs who were like, "All right," and they like all came with me. Different time. Different time. Yeah. Um, that, I don't. I'm not proud of it. You're Chris Marquette, dude. I, I am. I'm glad that we deciphered that. I, I was watching that entire time, giving shitty advice about how to get a girl. That's it. You. His advice was really bad on that. What he? Okay. The reason why the motel scene was so awkward was one because uh, I know those tactics are so fucking gross, and men actually do that shit. Made me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It made me super uncomfortable that Emil Hirsch was forcing this uh, uh, fake. And it's not. And like we said on the Nick Lowe episode, it's not like I don't have a fake person that I am when I'm talking to people. But at least I'm not. That that seems so. Well, fucking... that was exaggerated. I mean, to break down his advice that he was given to Emil Hirsch, he was saying, first of all, you gotta you gotta Touch seem like you don't like con- her. Yeah. Touch which, her face which, constantly. Okay. I, and here's the worst part: when he said that rule, that was the, at first. I'm like, okay, Chris Marquette's dropping some pearls here. He's dropping some good knowledge. Both here. of those? That, make no, your... the first one. The first one. Oh, um, act like you don't like her. That's ar- arguably also also later on when Timothy yeah, Oliphant like shows. Shout out, cameo, Olivia Wilde. When he shows those three chicks like that little half baggie of garbage weed and then doesn't give it to him, sticks in his pocket and walks out and says, like, always have him wanting more. Also, objectively, a great piece of advice for for, for getting women. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're a mixture of Chris Marquette and Timothy Oliphant? I don't like you saying You sound that. proud. Yeah, you don't like how it those sounds. Were, those huh? were, but objectively. You'd make a disgusting human. If you I, were I am those, a human. I am a human. Then you are you disgusting? You just called me disgusting. <laughs> Fuck you. This is this is the most egregious thing you've ever called me. How I know you're gonna say egregious. I knew you were gonna use that word. I knew you're gonna use that word. You're such a fucking smart man, <laughs> motherfucker. You gotta look like Timothy Oliphant right I now. I look like Timothy Oliphant. Look, yeah. motherfucker. Timothy Oliphant is the coolest guy in this film. He beats up the jocks who are being assholes. Dude, he beats up a 17 year old kid. He doesn't beat him up. He throws him off his. He car. like smacks his face why, and he's bleeding. Why is that kid on the hood of his car? What? No, no, not that oh, kid. Oh. The main character. And he he and Emil. he continues. 
Timothy Oliphant's a piece of shit. No. Emil Oliphant lost thirty thousand dollars, Christian. Big fucking dick. Thirty. Big fucking dick. Okay, how about you just give me thirty thousand dollars then and He'll see how big He'll make it again with the next deal. No, Christian. He has a bunch of other porn stars. You understand how the film sure. industry works? You have nah, to use the money. I don't make porn. You have to. It's not about porn. It's any film. You have to use your gains from the last film to finance your next film, so you can produce a bigger and higher budget film. But dude, he, he needs that thirty thousand dollars to progress. Legally, so he can get. It's fine. Legally, it is completely fine. Alicia Cuthbert Business. made the decision to not be in the porn industry anymore, which is again fine. That's I, fine. I agree. She that, realized yes. that she. She has not a, big, a, a better life for, than that for herself. Yep. Not saying that working in the porn industry is bad, but it wasn't her. You could see they made it a point to have close-up shots to her face when she was at the porn convention that she was not happy. One of my favorite – dude, I need to back up a little bit. I loved this movie also because it was so romantic. Tell me that that party scene did not get to you. That was dope. It was borderline – again – very uncomfortable for me because it was borderline rapey. When, what? When the when the jock turns to his two oh he's that's men, a piece of shit yes and turns to his two women and they like no they have like they have moves. a plan so you go over here and you're gonna take the guy and you go over here and get the drinks did you think that there was gonna be something in that drink possibly those I, guys are I, a little rapey one hundred percent thought that there was gonna be the reason why he had another person bring them drinks because he was offered to go get drinks and never left mm-hmm. had drinks brought to them. It seems so fucking cringy and gross to me. That made me really uncomfortable. And then, and then, Emil Hirsch, to kind of dilute the situation to make it seem okay, runs over to her and smooches her so hard on the mouth. He didn't ask for consent. You're making me so mad. You're ruining one of my favorite scenes in this movie. You're making me so mad. I've played this scene three times over when I watched this last night. Three times. Because the movie or the song playing in the background is Under Pressure by Queen. It's saying, Under Pressure, we know how the fucking song goes, but you know, toward the very, uh, this is our, and then it's getting so climactic, and he's at that breaking point where he has two paths ahead of him. He's like, okay, I could be a little bitch and get kicked out of this party and leave, or I could go get my fucking girl. I could go up to her, and he's looking at, at her almost Go flirting with this guy and going away with him. He's almost losing Alicia Cuthbert, and he says, "Fuck it." What, he walks what? up to her okay, and just gives her a kiss, and then it's that very cheesy, but it works, camera angle where it just spins around them nice. like nothing that else exists, nice. and I loved it. I'll, okay, let me say a couple of things right off the bat. Number one, there that was a great that was a great scene. The soundtrack, the filming, it was the kiss was shot nicely. Here's what. And also, I understand how good it feels to be with, like, the hottest chick in the party. You know what I mean? Or at least <laughs> if you think you're with the hottest chick at the party. It's great. I like how throwaway <laughs> that fucking boast was, dude. I know. I know. Like, it's a fucking hassle. Like, it's a... Like, it's a... Oh, boo-hoo. I know. I know how it feels to be with the hottest chick at the party. It's so hard. It's so hard. No, Fuck you, dude. <laughs> This is my favorite episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my stomach hurts. Okay. Sweaty. I'm so That's upset at you. I'm so mad. I meant at all. Halfway through that sentence, you realize what you were saying. Oh, man. Oh, God. I'm sweating. <laughs> 
You made me so angry. Don't fan me. I don't want your fan. Okay, here's what I what I found upsetting about that scene. What? Emil Hirsch, besides the fact that the jock did that horrible raptor split into threes move. Yes. What I also didn't like was when Emil Hirsch... Okay, also, Emil Hirsch is brought back into the party by some drunk guy who is dead set on fucking the foreign exchange <laughs> Sam Young. Everyone he's, loves Sam he's Young. He brought it up. He brings it up. Four times in the film. Yeah, because that's the same dude from the assembly. Who shouts out, I'm going to fuck you. Like, he, as soon as Yum Yum comes off the airplane, Homeboy should have told him, hey, man, stay away from Chad. Chad <laughs> is going to He's going to fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> he has been joking, but weirdly serious, for months now. So if you want to keep that asshole tight, you better stay away from Chad. This poor Cambodian kid. Chad is a closeted Asian filiac. He is not closeted. Yeah, he's, he's well not out, actually. So anyways, this weirdo brings Emil Hirsch back into the party, and he sees Danielle talking to this guy. She's allowed to talk to other guys. She's allowed They're not to dating. A laugh at what the other guy's saying. She's not necessarily flirting with that other guy. He gets jealous. We see it happen in his eyes. We see him get jealous that she's having an interaction with another guy. And that's not okay for mm -hmm. him to go over there and assert his dominance over that guy mm. because he's not kissing her because he likes her or because he wants to do it. He's kissing her because he doesn't want to lose her to this other guy. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But it's not it's not it's almost as if he wishes it's almost as if and you're going to get mad again. But let me finish what I'm saying. OK, say it's it. almost as if he wishes he was kissing the jock because what? because he's not doing it for her. He's not even doing it for him. He's literally kissing this girl to assert dominance over a man, it's a man not, who he might wish no, he was kissing. No, 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 no. Don't you say that. Mic drop. Don't throw the mic like you just won that. I have a rebuttal. It's not that he's jealous. He's not jealous by any means. At the this least, is his at, own uh, internal at the conflict. Least he is jealous. Uh, you, uh, he is okay. I said something. I said some pretty egregious things in that last sentence. But he is jealous. You see him get jealous that she's laughing because why else would they show us that she's laughing at this conversation with this jock unless it was to prove that that is the thing that sets him off? No, like I said, it's that moment in time. I like but, I. But it, she's not. His to lose. No, not at all. So he has no it's right to feel that way. What he's feeling is jealousy, Christian. No, it's his own opportunity. Right now, the whole theme of this movie... He had a, he had two opportunities before this, and he missed his chance. Yes, because he... When he was in the car with her, he had multiple times to kiss this woman if it was to serve him and her and their feelings. This kiss was a forced kiss to assert dominance over a different man. Mm -mm. That, it's not... It's... It's more than just that. Yes, there's a dominance that is factor. It for sure. And I'm okay with it because that jock was a piece of fucking shit. Assert your dominance, Emil Hirsch. Also, like I said, this entire movie is about him being timid. Him, you know, before going to Georgetown, he, he has to do something big. He's not going crazy. He has an opportunity right here. And he actually really likes this girl. He's seeing... It's basically... It's, uh, I don't know, it's the split of two parallel universes. There's a universe, there's a whole nother fucking movie where he walked out of the party and he lived a sad life. And there's this whole other life that fo this movie followed about mm -hmm. him actually kissing that girl. Have you ever thought to yourself, fuck, I should have kissed that girl? A lot of times. Yes. Plenty of times. Yes. It's what happens when you have a rating of three out of ten. <laughs> Dude, your rating is higher than that. Thanks. That's going to be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just, your rating is higher than that. Bing. That's all you want. Just 
icbtb.com hey that actually would be a really funny uh promo yeah we'll cut this part out anyways um there's so much more about this movie let's let's go a little bit further i don't care if this is a seven hour podcast i don't fuck but i'm happy because i'm having a really good time same dude this is a lot of fun yeah um so fuck jeff for telling me not to talk about high school on my podcast because this is my show i'm fine with talking about high school every once in a while it's fine i don't know how we can do an episode like this and not talk about high school yeah dude absolutely it's kind of like uh, so the title of this episode is don't listen jeff (laughs) (laughs) the girl next door and don't listen jeff (laughs) and he's like well i gotta listen now (laughs) (laughs) um uh no there's there's a there is a lot of underlying, deeply emotional connections in this film. Yeah. And for them to throw them aside as flippantly as they do, just to progress the storyline more, is jarring to me. And one of the reasons why I couldn't really get too into this film. Um, what are other moments that kind of made you feel that way? Uh, so when Timothy Oliphant turns up and... Uh, Emil Hirsch, this is after the the whole motel scene. Mm -hmm. And it's as if it's the next day he goes next door to kind of like make up and and fix what he had just done. Timothy Oliphant is already there. He's already in the house. And it's like, why is this guy already here? How quickly? How How how, far away is L.A.? I don't know. Yeah, because he's a producer Yeah, we don't know where they are. It looks like they're in like Texas, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Um, How fragile is, is Danielle's decision to leave this industry? If this guy is one bad night away from just losing his uh, uh, one bad night away from him coming to collect her because he's going there to collect her. Uh, why do you think Timothy Oliphant's there? Do you think she called him? I think Danielle called him. No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think that she was. I think that he came to her because he needed the money. That's what I've always thought it was. Mm. Because if he's going uh, to great lengths to secure this $30,000. He's stealing this kid's money that was supposed to bring this Cambodian child to America. He's stealing that money because he he must be super... He's stealing that money because he had $30,000 that was lost because, so it's a he, principal because thing. he financed the film. Yeah. So you do think Daniel hit, Danielle hit her, him up? Because I, I, we don't know what her financial stability is like at all. It could be her emotional nice, stability. She's just nice like, this bug. is what... This is what Emil Hirsch thinks of me. I guess that's what I am, a porn star. Because she was broken at that night at the motel. And I think yeah. that's why this movie, that that part was so uncomfortable, yet it was so important. Such an important scene in that movie is to, she fell in love with him because he looked at her the way no one else has ever looked at her. You know, she's viewed as the sex symbol. And to be viewed for your- Not even your, a symbol, the sex thing. Just enti- yeah, yeah, just sex. She's He looks at her- like another human, like just knowing her for just loving her, man, I'm getting lost with it, but you know, just really but loving falling her, in love with just her. It. You're, you're not losing it. It's that's the end of the sentence. Like the whole scene. One of my favorite scenes was the diner scene where she's just kind of like drawing herself. And she's saying, mm-hmm. you kind of need a girl, a girl that can make you laugh. And of course he laughs like a, a girl that'll make you come out of your shell and do crazy things. He's like, like strip out front, uh, in front of a car. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. And then she hands, him that napkin of that drawing of herself and it is a beautiful scene and they they continue to hang out for a while then chris marquette comes out of the cuts and fucks it up and shows let's talk about chris marquette real quick i real quick that drawing was actually done by her she actually drew that really yeah she's a fantastic artist uh let's talk about chris marquette i think he's really funny 
I agree. Even though he pisses me off, he's an important I, character. I think a better film is about Chris Marquette, Paul Dano, and Emil Hirsch trying to convince a porn star to be his girlfriend. I think that's a better, funnier movie. Mm-hmm. And I think a dark drama also on the other side is of Emil Hirsch and Danielle and Timothy Oliphant, you know, trying to break this. I think they just tried to do too much in one film. I think it made it different though, than it, other films. Though. I think it turned it into a Hallmark film. I no, think it turned it into like Hallmark an, film. an overly emotional, un, unbelievable scenario. Man, you really caught up on this whole thing that it's it's just so confused. You haven't defended this film at all. I haven't. I said at the top that I do think it's that all bad. Right, well, let me continue to d- defend it. The scene where Emil Hirsch uh, is watching Alicia Cuthbert undressed. Yeah, not. That's so bad. That's bro. terrible. No, what I'm breaking down is that he's on the phone with uh, Christopher okay. Marquette, and Chris Marquette's watching porn, and he's watching porn, and Loudly. he's barely listening to uh, to what the main guy's saying about uh, the girl next door. Yeah, and he, not until Emil says, "Oh my God." She's so hot. And he's like, what channel? He says, what channel? And he goes, no, the girl next door. And then um, Emil Hirsch says something like, um, oh, her. Oh, she's getting naked, and Chris Marquette's like, "What's her boobs like, dude? What's her boobs like? Tell me what her boobs are like." Yeah, he's so annoying, man. And he hangs up, calls again, and he just hangs up on him again, dude. So funny. I knew that that scene. You're gonna be like, "That's Alex for sure." And I didn't say it yet. The, you have said it. Um, that I, for that scene. But I also think the other scene that made me laugh really hard was when he's watching when Paul Dano's over at his house <laughs> and they're watching porn again, and it's all quiet. And Paul Dano's just like, you know, Paul Dano's the best in this film. He's fantastic. He's just, he's just he's like. You know, this this makes me really uncomfortable when you make me do this. Yeah, this is not the first time. And Chris Marquette says, shh, 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 just That's get used to it and touches his leg. Well, okay, he wasn't like doing it in a sexual way. No. Here's where I'll defend Chris Marquette. He wasn't doing it in like a weird, I'm coming on to you way. He of was course just, not. He was, that just, he was just touching him. That's hey, man, his it's thing. cool. Hey, we're cool. That's his we're thing. We're comfortable. I would touch you on the thigh if we were watching porn. And I'd pull a Paul Dan I'd be like, why are we watching porn together? I think we have done that, actually. Yes, and you have touched my thigh while watching porn. But that was different. That was, I was trying to seduce you. Uh, didn't work. It worked. No, it didn't. <laughs> Well, let's not let the, tell the listeners about uh, our secrets. About our secrets. My life partner. Paul? No. Oh, thanks, dude. That, you hear that, Nick Lowe? Um, Paul Dano. Fantastic. In he this plays movie. a kid with a huge dick that apparently everybody knows. Everyone in college, because that's where they end up playing the new sex uh, ed video. Is that what it was? It's a sex education video, man. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Is that where they're playing it? I knew it was yeah. a sex ed video. Uh, which is hilarious. That was a good twist. I didn't a expect it. Twist. So spoilers, they don't end up making a porno, um, but they do make a... Uh, so I do want to talk about real quick. What's up? So after they lose the money, uh, Timothy Oliphant tells Emil Hirsch that he has to steal an award from this big porn producer in yes. order to make it Hugo. Square. Hugo Pose? Hugo Posh? Yeah. And that actor, fun fact, was Ajax in The Warriors and also Raiden in both of the Mortal Kombat movies in the 90s. Weird oh fun Oh my facts. god. That's who that is. Oh I kept on looking at him and I was god. like, "Where the fuck do I know this guy?" That's great. I could not stop looking at <laughs> what? The chessboard that he has. Like, first of all, he chessboard ha- in his house. He has a chessboard right outside the sliding glass door. So he has a chessboard outside. Okay. Fine, not the craziest thing. But the chess pieces are all Salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> so he has a set 
of 32 pieces for this chessboard, and they're all different sizes of salt and pepper shakers. And that just blew my mind because think about how much it costs just to keep that chess piece full. That's so much salt and pepper. It's just... Wait, where do you think... It doesn't cost that much. But it's not to, like they're using but, it after every no, game of chess. No, but you have to buy the salt initially. The first time you buy it, you have to pay for the salt to fill for the For every single... I have to see how big each piece is. I wonder... I, I wish there was a way I could pull up just that scene, but there's no way I could type in... Salt, salt and pepper chessboard, the girl next door. Are you trying it right now? I am. Good luck. I, I doubt you'll find it. Vamp for me. Um... Hi, my name is Christian Baltazar, and I'm going to vamp real quick. Okay, first uh, of all, I found the exact chessboard that they have in the film. You're fucking kidding. I am not. Well, not the one that was in the film, but the same brand or whatever. And is was You just typed in salt and pepper chessboard? It's running for $135. Should the, we buy it? The prop design. <laughs> Should we it? buy <laughs> I'm so stressed at this Guys, decision. watch this space for a new chessboard. If we don't buy that chessboard, we should buy the Democrats versus Republicans chessboard that they're selling on fucking like OAN Network fun. and on CNN. They, it's literally Donald Trump is the king of the red side and his queen is Mike Pence. It's oh, in Really? This chessboard, the Democrat versus, versus uh, Republican chessboard, is one of the best things I've ever seen. In Who's life. on the Democratic side? Well, now it's going to be Joe Biden because they hadn't established who the Democratic. Depending who was on in, exactly. in the exactly, so they were leaving it up to whoever it was. They're like, we won't send you. Who would oh. be the Queen then? Is it going to be Bernie? No, the Queen is uh, Nancy Pelosi because she's the Speaker of the House. Okay, that makes oh, sense. Barf. <laughs> We're going to have to cut out that bar. <laughs> yeah, no political opinions on this platform. This Democratic... Oh, my God, dude. It is a $40 chessboard, and it has to be purchased by us. I'm down to get it. Well, I need, 20 and 20? I need this. Look look at this deep, rich silver. <laughs> this is crazy that this is a thing. This is not just a thing. Imagine teaching your kids to play with this chessboard. Look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg, bro. That's detail. That's detail. I'm not even a fan. I like RBJ because of what she did for women, but I'm not a fan for the fact that she picked the 2004 election by making George W. Bush our president and not letting them do a recount in Florida. But that's not here nor there. This is a movie podcast <laughs> about the girl next door. Yeah, we're getting like sucked deep into to politics. Not just politics, but like po the political memorabilia. <laughs> and I said 2004. I meant 2000, but it's the fact still stands. It still stands. Dude, um, yeah, Paul Dano has a big dick. Um, he he shoots the he shoots the sex ed video in a fencing mask uh, because he was too young and they couldn't show his face. That's what it was. Um, What's crazy is that they shot that entire fucking thing during, during prom. prom. Do we want to talk about prom experiences? We could. I mean, we're we're an hour in. It's up to you if you want to if you want to go. I'm down for a little bit longer. I'm down. Baddies, you down for a little bit longer? Yay! Yeah, we are. All right. Okay. So, prom. They decide to do this huge thing where they, what they're going to do is film a porno during prom. Exactly. They were going to film it in a room at the high school Star, while prom was going starring on. Starring the jocks and the cheerleaders? The plan was to bring, not the cheerleaders. Oh, so, that's right. Olivia Wilde is not a cheerleader in this film. No, she is not. She, <laughs> Olivia Wilde's in this film and only has three lines. But she does have a character name. Does she? Katie or Kelly? I believe it. Um, but anyway, uh, Danielle, 
since she was a, an ex-porn star, she has connections with her porn star friends. And so she brings uh, two porn stars in to be Paul Dano. And Chris Marquette's date. Yeah, exactly. They take a limo. I do love prom. the limo that they have, how Paul da- or, um, Chris Marquette has his minions filming the whole thing. Everything. And it's like a reality show documentary. That's the point. I love it. That's the point. They wanted to shoot real sex. That's what was going to sell. That was Which a- does Timothy sell Olyphant. quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. It's been selling more than parodies in now nowadays. Um, not that I would know, but I still pay for it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't pay for it. <laughs> oh, porn. okay. I don't pay for it. <laughs> you get it for free somewhere. Um, but I pay for it. Oh, you cuck. <gasps> prom. So with uh, with that, they bring the two porn stars to prom, and the jocks immediately recognize who these guys are. They say, "Hey, hey uh, Matt is are those porn stars." Everybody recognizes them. Yeah. And uh, they're they're like, yeah, actually, we need two actors. Didn't we have a porn star at our prom? We had a porn star in the grade above us, but did we have a porn star at our prom? Like, yeah, didn't she come? Gross to the dude. prom. That's not what I meant. You're Gross. stop. My mom listens to this, <laughs> and this is the point where she'll pause. This is the blue chip episode. This might be the one episode I don't let my mom listen to. Oh, that's this might be the blue chip. Smart. This that's might be the kind, blue chip. All right, blue chip episode. All right, so it should be titled "The Girl Next Door" and "Mom Don't Listen to This." Parentheses, blue chip episode. And then I'll be like, Mom, there's things called blue chip episodes. Oh, so don't have to describe to it. Because I have a feeling we'll have more and more blue chip episodes. Because I want to start reviewing pornos. <clears throat> Wait, really? <laughs> no, of course not. not. How would you? All right. And this, uh, Roger Ebert gave this a six out of nine. And uh, Roger Ebert actually, um, well, that was a different film. Never mind. It was a film we just did a podcast on earlier. Ah, uh, there's not nothing here. Um, but I'll say it as if it was for this film. Roger Ebert said that this film was should be called Young Swords. Oh, really? Yes, because it puts back together the gentleman from Young Guns, Kiefer Sutherland, and Charlie Sheen. Wow, that makes sense. Guess, guys, guess which film we recorded right before this episode. Yep. But yeah. we're recording Girl Next Door. We are. So- and prom night, they go in and they decide to film this porn, um, but the cat's out of the bag. They're actually filming... A sex, sex ed, ed video. video. Uh, because all the sex ed videos they watch in high school are so silly and jokey. And dated. Super dated. I even remember watching some grossly dated sex ed videos. Yeah. Not gross, but like They're dated. Very outdated. You can tell. But how often, I mean, I think teens having sex changes year to year. So you'd have to literally make one every year just to stay relevant. Uh-huh. I don't know about year to year. Not that frequent. Maybe. I, I bet you the kids... I don't even want to say that. Never mind. Yeah, that's going to be a weird rabbit hole that we don't want to jump into. Uh, But it is important to make this new sex ed video because no one's paying attention to the dated sex ed videos that they have playing at the high school. I do think there's something in having porn stars do sex ed videos because there is a problem with the younger generation because internet porn is so readily available to them. A lot of young men and young women are learning about sex through porn, and that's not real sex that's not real relationships no it's not so they're having this slighted view of what they think porn is they think it's these big tits huge dick they think it's this exaggerated thing that we see online that's not how relationships or real sex is at all so they're having this weird that's fucking with their psyche and they're at such a young impressionable age that it's really affecting them i worry uh if in the next 20 30 years we're gonna find out that internet porn is going to be a way worse thing than way we actually think us. it is. Oh, I, could, I imagine. I was just ta- talking about it, how I think it does play a factor in our sex drive to a certain extent. And relationships. Women, not necessarily uh, all women, but some women can find it very 
difficult to feel like they have to compete with these women who are yeah. sex goddesses, so to speak. And guys, too. That's why I only watch oh, porn with a... small dicks. You type that in? <laughs> no, I'm porn, small dicks. But make sure there's a girl in there. <laughs> Please. You're like nice to <laughs> the search the entire engine. search bar. I don't know why I can't find anything. <laughs> yeah, this is too specific. It says zero out of zero results. Uh, prom is interesting. I noticed that their prom was very different than ours in the sense that there was no metal detector and nobody got patted down on the way in. No, and it seems like they didn't buy tickets until or ever because they just brought the two porn stars in was there an id check no way dude they brought in these like full-grown women yeah do you remember our prom had a rule no one over 21 so like you if your boyfriend was older yeah. than you yeah i remember thinking that that was a really interesting rule but now i get it it's they don't want you to buy the al- they don't want alcohol to be bought it was bought yeah i mean obvi- they knew that people were gonna find their way i feel That's so high school. freer now knowing that i'm gonna tell my mom not to listen to this episode uh-huh. so i'm not afraid to talk do you about- legitimately feel restricted sometimes because you know your mom's gonna listen i don't want to say too much stuff. my mom knows a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but there are some things that i know my mom doesn't know and yeah. i don't want her to know those things for a reason and i've brought i haven't brought up some things knowing that your mom does listen yeah for sure a couple of those things and like you know mm-hmm. uh but like uh oh for sure and like the other things and also that one thing with the banana um, but we won't bring those up because it's not something that I want to be heard. <laughs> not just for my mom, just for everybody. The banana thing. No one will ever hear about the Stop. banana That's thing. enough. I'm sorry. It's just, how do you know you're not? It's besides the point. <sighs> yeah, it's besides the point. Well. How did you enjoy your prom? My prom prom was interesting. If we're really going to talk about, <laughs> about it. Um, my junior prom went with the girl that I really liked. She couldn't really decide if she liked me back, but she went with me. You helped me ask that girl out. Remember, it was uh, in my psychology class. I had you and a bunch of uh, my other homies dress up in suits. I played the ukulele, and uh, gosh, this is so cringy, but I'm going to talk about it. And I was singing the song L-O-V-E by Sing Nat King Cole, Sing it. but I changed the lyrics so that it oh, could be right. prom. And I remember every single word. Oh, God. Shall I sing it? I would love, and uh, I was a letter. I was one of the letters, yes, wasn't I? Every single time I said the letter in the song, I would have one of my friends come in with, with a sign. I will say, looking back at prom proposals now, all are cringy because even even the best one I did was is fairly cringy now to think about. So oh, I have to remember. Your, well, 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 I'll ask you what yours is afterwards, unless Maybe. you don't want to bring it up. Eh, tell I'll, your story. Okay, so yeah, basically I sang that song and I had my homies come in, but I changed the letters of L O V E to be P R O M. That's right. So I sang the first verse of uh, L O V E. Second verse, I brought in P. But, so here, before you go into singing, I hate to cut you off. That's okay. This was like a seven-minute ordeal. There was, it was a long time. I definitely ruined the curriculum for the day. <laughs> you, you should have just done the P-R-O-M. Yeah, but, you know, it's a big, big event. You want it to be a big event. We, yeah. we, were, we were centers of attention. So. There's still a video. I'll, I'll have to send it to you, and we'll, we'll see it. a couple of things we need to find for this episode. We need to find the picture of our fifth period, Mr. Nelson's Lit 4 class. Yes. We need to find the video of you doing the promposal. Okay. And we need to find that photo of me and you at our senior prom. Yes. I'm, that's that should be easy to find. Easy that should be super easy. Okay, so the song went like this: P, I'm possibly not the coolest guy. R, reject me and I'll probably cry. Oh, is for oh my God! I know I'm not as hot as Austin Scott, but am. <laughs> May I take you to prom? That is actually arguably very good. You think so? I, I would like to say that is, 
incredibly good. Wow, thank you. Less cringy than I think you expect. I think it, I think the deliverance should have just been that bit, mm-hmm. but so good, Christian. Thank you. Yeah, I hate. I tried I to hate, sprinkle in some humor there with the Austin Scott, and thing. I hate giving you. Compliments, compliments, especially about your singing, because uh, I hate your singing voice. I like I um, like uh, seeing you in the like I've had to sing in front of uh, at a party because people <laughs> ask me, and you're there, and I love when you're drunk because that's when you don't give a shit about giving me compliments because <laughs> you'll start singing along with me or you're just like super happy. That's nice. But when I sing for you when you're sober, you're just like yeah, big big fucking whoop. I'm always worried sometimes when you sing for me and I'm drunk and I'm the guy. I do remember one time we were at a party and you're singing with an acapella group. And I turn to Otis and I go, wouldn't it be funny? Or Otis turns to me and he goes, wouldn't it be funny if you said, Alex, or wouldn't it be funny if you said, Christian, is this the good acapella group? And I was like, that would be funny. And I turn around and go, Christian, are you singing with the good acapella group? And you on, you know at that group, at that party, that I had a lot of my acapella friends there from different groups, <laughs> uh-huh. you ass. Uh-huh. Gosh. And I think one of them was standing right next to me. I'm sure they looked at you. Damn, I, I will okay. Your proposal is not cringy at all, a, a little bit, but it's a very good one because yeah. the song is very good. Thank Mine you. Mine is way worse. What'd you do? I senior year asked this girl to prom. Uh, I won't say names because you didn't say names. Yeah. Um, but she knows who she is. Uh, it was during the musical practice, mm-hmm. and I had like all the lights turn off. I remember now. And then I <laughs> you even like did the hand. I remember now. <laughs> And I had all the lights turn off, and then I had like a light show thing going for uh, Michael Jackson's "The Way You Make Me Feel." So it yes, starts off like I remember, and so then Michael Jackson singing, and I was like kind of like lip singing to it, and then I had a light that that turned on, and on the wall it said "Prom." That's not, and I had her like right in the middle. I feel thinking back at that, I feel, and it's weird how. You know, I have a cringy one. So I have, we have uh, we have a mutual friend. I'll tell you his name afterwards. I don't want to put him out there. But say it and then we'll bleep it. It was his girlfriend at the time that he was going to ask. And they were, I think they broke up that day or she was planning on breaking him up with him that day. Oh, God. I can't wait to find out who this was. And he had, he had, uh, the so- he had like three signs. It says, no, four signs. I, heart, you, and then the rest of the signs said, will you go to prom with me? Right? Uh-huh. Um, and he did it at the lockers in front of everyone and she like ran away and then broke up with him later that day because they just wasn't working out and then like i hung out with him because he was he was sad and crying all day and i told him to come over he brought the signs over here because he didn't want them at his house are the signs and i hid them still here they're still here dude oh they're still here I hid them and then I was like, "I'll let's uh, let's watch a movie downstairs. Uh, I'll cheer. We'll cheer you up." And so we ended up watching some movie, and it got uh, doing that. It got the whole thing off of his mind, until my mom walks into the room saying, "Christian, what are these signs?" And it brings him up. Who do you love, Christian? Oh no! And he was like, "Fuck." Who was it? I, I'll tell you afterwards. Say it. We'll just bleep it. Ah, I don't want to. Oh, that's hilarious. Yep, yep. We'll definitely cut that part out. Yep. Um, I'll tell you, when I got asked from, I was super cute because Rachel- I was super cute. Did you say you were super it cute? It was super cute. Oh. Because she had a big check uh-huh. and it was like uh, it was like a prom check thing. That's cool. And that was adorbs. That's simple, not doing too much. Not cringy, funny. even in retrospect, because I still have the check. You do? I still have that check. Right, bring, bring, so shout out to Rachel. I still have that check you gave me. Put it in the studio. Oh, it's like a normal it's size huge. catch. No, no, check? it's it's a big it's a big check. Oh, we'll figure. We'll it out. find a spot for it. Um, yeah. uh, that's fun. 
Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yours isn't cringy. Mine's fairly cringy. Nah, yours wasn't that bad, dude. You chose a good song at least. Now, if it was like uh, yours, but you sang yours really well. Even now, I think people are gonna be like, "I'll go to prom with Christian." Aww. It's funny because uh, I've dated women who didn't go to high school with me. You, you, you have the same. Mm-hmm. And so, like explaining to them, like <laughs> for whatever reason, why prom was so important to us, and then like now being like, "Oh yeah, I don't even like talk to that girl anymore." <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I only follow them on Instagram, but talking to them nothing like, yeah i went to four proms i think i talked to maybe one of them every once in a while once in a while yeah four proms four prom alex is what they call you fralix fral <laughs> when you put two words together that's three words together wow that is four prom alex fralix best person on set of wood since this is a movie podcast kind of yeah best person on set for me would have to go to I'm going to have to give it to Emil Hirsch. I know it's a cop out to give it to the main guy, but I think it's good enough because we don't we don't see him enough. <laughs> I really just don't think we see him enough. Fill the space. I think it's a good movie because <laughs> fill the space of, so that I could find <laughs> reasoning. <laughs> you know me. Take a second. What's your favorite scene that Emil Hirsch does and what is it that he does so well? I I think he's able to He's able to be to show how conflicted he is he he's able he plays the a good character of like the coming of age character mm-hmm. he has so many different mm. uh different sides to him so like there's him being the super timid guy there's him being the super smooth guy after he gets the kiss and there's also him being we didn't even talk about him being high on ecstasy when he was at the dinner that's pretty funny and the scene where he was just dancing and it was just a or montage her, of him dancing. Or his weird obsession with John F. Kennedy, who was not a good president. I don't know why people use him as a barometer. He was a fucking bootlegger who... Tre- who <sighs> he wanted to quote John F. Uh, he Kennedy. He quoted Kennedy a bunch. And it's like, that dude was just so full of jizz and couldn't keep it in his pants. Jeez. Took handfuls of pills every morning just so he could stand up straight and then ruined America by trying to take away power from the CIA, thus forcing them to kill him so that they have unabridged power so they could literally sell drugs to Americans, sell guns to the Iranians, and then use that money to make themselves smarter. Oh my God, I hate Kennedy and his entire family. I Not thought to you weren't going to do dad, political opinions well, on I this. I can't help it with the Kennedys. I can't help it. His dad works with the backs of Al Capone and then uses those mafia ties to get his son elected as president. And what's the first thing he does? He hires his brother to go after the fucking mob. It's just like they're hypocrites. I can't stand the Kennedys. I think this is why you don't like this movie, just because of that scene alone. Who has a painting of Kennedy in their bedroom? Emile Hirsch does. Emile Hirsch. My best person on set award is John F. Kennedy. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ. Who? (laughs) My best person on set award is actually Timothy Oliphant. Ugh. Plays a great villain. He's great. Yeah, no. Totally believed him. I was also doing a very different character than we normally see, although he is playing Timothy Oliphant. (laughs) Yes, that's how Timothy... I've seen him... He's doing the Timothy Oliphant thing. He is. Yeah. That's all I got to say. We've talked uh, your ears off. This is going to be so much fun for people to... To listen to. I hope so. And if not... Fuck it. It's our show. Don't listen. Get to this point. Don't listen. Don't listen. Download another episode, though. We like those downloads. Those are good. Uh, My name is Alejandro. My name is Christian. And you can follow Christian at Christian has asthma. And you can follow Alejandro at call underscore me Jesus. You can meet us... Uh, like on the street, we walk around. We're pretty public people, but not right now because of COVID. And uh, but you can reach us uh, through the internet. Yep, just hit up our website, icbtb.com, or it can't be that bad.com. That's right. Depends on how many letters you like. Yeah, send us an email or go to our website and send us an email through the website. Definitely do the second one. Yeah, it's all possible. Or and follow us on Instagram at icbtb podcast. Follow us on Twitter at icbtb podcast. 
And yeah. Like our page on Facebook. Rate and review. Be bye. bye.